about this particular verse uh, the other day here, and uh, there's a lot uh, packed into this one verse. So we won't we won't unwind everything out of this one verse here, but uh, this one one point in particular I wanted to to bring out. It says here, uh, uh, this is Romans chapter three, verse twenty-five: Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation for through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Uh, and, and the thing that I, uh, I wanted to read that, and I also wanted to read um, uh, Acts, uh, 3, uh, Acts 3, 28 as well. Um, and in fact, I think I wanted to read Acts more than Romans, but uh, they both have the same verse word in there. So in Acts uh, 3, 28, it says, um, or 3, 38 actually, um, it says, uh, the, this is Peter preaching, and he says unto them, Repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so, again, there's a lot of things in this particular verse here. But uh, Peter said uh, we can uh, repent to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Uh, and so uh, the New Testament theology is that our sins are, are remitted, right? And that word remitted uh, not a word we often use in a sentence, but it means to be removed. Uh, and so the Old Testament theology was uh, your sins were covered. So when you hear about the atonement, right, uh, uh, the day of atonement in the Old Covenant, that's when the blood was shed and your sins were atoned or covered, right? So they put the, the, uh, the blood on the mercy seat to cover the sins. Uh, well, that's different than uh, being removed, amen? Uh, and... Um, you do just as an analogy, you know, we went, we went working on this house uh, uh, to uh, make some improvements to this one house, and um, it was built in the 30s, and so uh, it, every every surface that's been painted has got five layers of paint, right? It's got like two or three layers of acrylic paint, and then like three layers of enamel paint, uh, and uh, and that's atonement, right? It's just covered over, and it's covered over again, and covered over again. And after a while, it looks like it's been covered over, right? It's all kind of bubbly and, and not very smooth, and it, it'll just peel off. And, you know, that, that's the atonement, amen? Uh, and so uh, we've been taking this high-powered uh, paint remover and scrapers and things and uh, getting all that paint removed all the way down to the bare wood. And then when we paint it, uh, eventually it'll be really clean and look, look uh, like brand-new paint. Uh, well, that's the remission of sins. He removes that. He, he doesn't just cover it over that. He removes it, makes it brand new, uh, and then it's ready for the service of the Lord. Uh, and that's, that's the way we live in the New Testament, for the remission of sins. He's removed our sins from us. So it's not just, he's not just overlooking them, and he's not just, you know, covering them with sin, uh, because that's what, the, you know, in fact, that's kind of the way I think about it at that house. You know, they've covered all that with sin, right? All those years, they just sin. They cover all that paint over all those years and never... Instead of removing it, well, just slap another color of paint on it. And it's got blue paint and then, like, white paint and tan paint. And well, one year, maybe they were just having a bad day. They dark brown paint. Uh, you know, uh, if you like dark brown paint, that's great. You know, no, I got no problems, but it was sin over there. So, uh, and, and so they just covered it over, uh, over and over again. And it didn't make anything better. You know, it just made it different. Uh, and so we live in the New Testament where he takes all that off. He takes it all the way back down uh, to perfectly clean, uh, to perfectly clean life. And that's a good theology, amen? We like New Testament theology way better than Old Testament the theology. 
And so uh, what you'll find, and there is, the, in one case, there is the word atonement used in the New Covenant, but it's a mistranslation, and it should have been a remission uh, there as well. Uh, and so you, atonement is a, an Old Testament theology, and that's why we don't celebrate the Day of Atonement, right? Um, uh, is there, what's the Jewish name for that? Is it, is it, is it Yom Kippur? Is it, what is it? Uh, is it Yom Kippur? Is it Day of Atonement? Um, and so uh, I'm sure somebody will look it up and Google that, right? And so... And you Google it, right? Because uh, Google, Google knows everything. Uh, and so, but it doesn't know the way to salvation, that's for sure. So, uh, but praise God. Let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Father, we feel so unworthy to do that, and yet you've made us worthy by the Lord Jesus to be able to declare your goodness and kindness throughout the earth. So, Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We glorify your name. We glorify the work of the Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to declare with our own lips your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Father. You're worthy of all praise, worthy of all honor, worthy, Father, for us to lay down our lives on your behalf. Father, you've given all things to us. Father, it's such a small thing for us to give you our lives father you've set our eternal destiny in heaven paid the great price father to ensure that destiny is available to each and every person in the in the earth father and we choose to accept your work in our lives we choose to accept the lord jesus as our savior we choose to accept him as the one who paid for our sins died for our sins was resurrected for our sins so that there's no longer any issues between God and man. Father, you said that while we were yet enemies, you reconciled us to yourself. When we were enemies, Father, when we were against your name, when we were against your Son, when we were against you, Father, the name of the Most High God, you sent your very own Son you didn't wait for us to become righteous. You didn't wait for us to, to remove sin from our lives. You came, Father, in the very lowest part of humanity. When there was no hope, Father, when the earth looked around and is there any hope for salvation, you sent your Son into the world. And so, Father, we thank you. You did that, Father, because you wanted to do it. You wanted to be a blessing to mankind. Father, mankind got them in this, mit, in, in this error on their own. They got them in the error of sin on their own, through their own choices. Nobody made them do it, Father. But Lord, you got us out by your own choice. It was our choice to get us into the, mist, into the mess. It was your choice to get us out, Father. So we thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy and kindness. Thank you, Father. Father, words can never express how much you love humanity, how much you love each and every one of us. Father, your word gives us a glimpse of it, but only by the revelation of the Spirit of God can we truly see how much you love us. Father, we know by your Spirit that you love us dearly, that you desire good things for us. So, Father, we thank you. 
We thank you for the great love that motivates you each and every day. And we thank you for these things, Father. And we give you all praise and honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Yes. You know, he's so good to us. Amen. You know, words can never express all that he's done for us. But we'll still give it a good shot, amen? We'll do our best to try to thank him for all the wonderful things he's done for us. Praise God. Well, let's open our Bible to the book of Matthew. We'll continue there today. We've been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. And um, we've been working on this for a while now. I don't know that Jesus spent this quite, quite a much time uh, talking about it. But, you know, one verse of the Lord Jesus, you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure out all that he said in it. So uh, we're not in any hurry to get anywhere, amen? We finished up talking about the Lord's Prayer and about forgiveness uh, last week, actually the week before last, because uh, Brother Larry was with us here last week. Um, and so uh, Jesus, uh, he covers a lot, of, uh, a lot of different topics in this one Sermon on the Mount. So, um, you know, if we covered this many topics in one, in one message, uh, I mean, we wouldn't know which, what day of the week it would be after, after a while, would we? Amen. Uh, and so it's good for us to break it down and, and to understand the things that he's saying here. Uh, and so here in uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, he, he switches gears uh, here and he, he, he stops talking about the prayer. And then he starts talking about here in verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but be unto thy father, which, uh, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Uh, and so, of course, we're here in chapter six. And if you remember earlier in the chapter, at least twice, he talked about uh, when they were giving, don't be giving so people can see you, right? Uh, and when you're praying, don't be praying for people to see you. Now he's talking about uh, when you're fasting, don't be fasting for people to see you. So uh, you think he's, he's uh, trying to get a point across here? Uh, if, if he repeats the same idea three times in the same uh, general area in this message, then um, what do you think the, the problem is in the church? People are doing things to be seen. Amen. If Jesus repeats himself three times about the same, the same general idea, quit doing things to be seen of people, uh, and he said he has to say that three times. Why, why does he say it have to say it three times? Well, you know, we're a little slow on the first one, you know. We, we're getting a hint. Maybe he's got a point on the second one. And the third one's, you know, I see what you're trying to say there, Jesus. You know, so uh, humanity is a little slow sometimes picking up what Jesus wants us to understand. So he has to repeat himself, amen. And one of the best ways to learn something is to repeat it over and over again, amen. If, you, if you're going to learn an instrument, you don't just uh, uh, get a, buy a brand new piano and, and look at it and go, wow, I still don't know how to play it. You haven't repeated anything. You haven't taken any lessons. You haven't repeated any lessons. But repetition, you, you need to get the repetition where, uh, if you're playing an instrument, where it's just like second nature. You don't even have to uh, think about it. You just do it. Uh, and, and um, you know, when Jared, he graduated from college the other day, so he had to put a tie on. I said, Dad, you know, help me uh, tie a tie. He's only tied a tie a few times in his life, you know. And so I've tied it hundreds of times. And, and so I started telling him, I said, hang on. I had to go get a tie. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell him how to do it. But I've done it so much, I don't even think about it anymore. I just do it, you know. And, and so you tie the tie. And, and, and um, you know, once I had a tie in my hand, I could repeat it. Amen. 
And, but I've done it, you know, I mean, how many hundreds of times? You know, I've been doing this uh, for decades and, and still. If I thought about it long enough, I could probably figure it out, but it was just easier to go, let me go get a tie and, and I'll show you, amen. And so Jesus is repeating several times, well, you know, the thing, the thing that uh, you, we've got to appreciate in the word of God, if, if the Lord Jesus instructed, in this case, Matthew to write these words down, then, then he as the head of the church has determined that this is something that we need to know. Amen. And so you should always have confidence that if it's in the word of God, this is something we need to know. And it, and it is an issue in the church. Uh, and so especially if he repeats it three times, it must be a big issue in the church where where people are doing a lot of things in the church and they look in spiritual. They look doing things that look spiritual, appear to be spiritual. But are they things that are motivated by the Lord or are they being motivated by their own selfish ambition to be seen or, you know, to do things? Amen. Uh, and, and one good way to tell, you know, is if, if there's anything wrong, if anything happens, you know, people just quit doing things. Well, why were you doing it to begin? Well, they didn't recognize me. Uh, and a lot of people quit doing things. Well, they, don't, they never recognized me at the church. You know, they, 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 don't, they don't call my name. Uh, and, you know, I ran south for like 20 years for my pastor. And I think maybe, and I'm just being generous, maybe one time he thanked me publicly for, for doing the sound. For 20 years, right? Maybe publicly, you know, one time. And like I said, I'm pretty sure it's zero. But, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, over 20 years, he might have accidentally said it one time. Uh, and, um, but I didn't, I didn't do it for accolades and didn't do it for a, a pat on the back because uh, Jesus said there, you remember what he says? They have their reward. He said that each time they have their reward. So we should be doing things because when we do things out of the right heart, we set up ourselves treasures in heaven, right? Uh, treasure, so, so it's an investment. The things that you do on this earth are an investment, amen, that pays off eventually, amen. Now, Jesus does talk about there's value in doing things uh, in this lifetime, right? When we do things for the Lord, there's value in this lifetime, but they still treasure in heaven because they come from heaven. Uh, but you should think of the things you do as an investment, uh, that I'm doing this for a return from, from the Lord, not doing this for a return from man. They have the reward. See, they were fasting like this as, as a return from man. I want man to, to tell me how spiritual I am, how wonderful I am. Really? That, that's, that's what you want? You know, some people, that's what they want. They, that's what they just want. They want to be seen of men. They want people to, to brag on them about how wonderful they are. Amen. Now, some people, they're so afraid of being that way, they won't do anything. Well, I don't want to be seen of men. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, how valuable are you to the Lord? If you're doing nothing, how valuable are you to the Lord? I, I would encourage you, keep doing it uh, until you get it right. Amen. Don't quit doing it. Keep doing it until you do it right. If, if you do something... And, the, and you go home and, and, you, and your heart says, well, you know, you just did that to be seen uh, of all those people so they could brag on you. You don't quit doing that. You go, well, I'm going to go do it again. Yep. I'm going to do it until my flesh quits, quits rising up and, and, and brags on, on myself. Yep. Hey, do you see what I did? You know, sometimes you, people don't even see what you did. Hey, come let me show you what I did. And so, <laughs> hey, hey uh, you know, I picked up the trash. It was right over there on the ground in the church. You know, it, nobody saw it, but I did it, you know. Uh, it's like, really? I, I'm super impressed, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and that's it. That's the end of that, the value of doing that because they're not going to get any reward in heaven. No. That me saying that, that was wonderful was their reward. Well, that's great, but you can't spend that, no. right? But, you know, uh, why, why, what, what uh, failing of humanity in, in our, uh, our mindset drives us to be that way? Well, a lot of times we're just not, uh, we're, we're so 
uh, I don't want to say feeble-minded, that's kind of harsh there, uh, but uh, we, we, it's just a weakness in character that we need the accolades of people to motivate us. And so really you can get back to what, what motivates you? Why are you doing what you're doing? What motivates you to do that? To, you know, is, it, is it because you just want to be a blessing? See, if, it, if you do it because you just want to be a blessing, then you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. You're investing in, in your own future, right? The Lord's going to bless you tomorrow. He's going to bless you the day after tomorrow, whatever. Uh, I remember a, a story that uh, Brother Hagin would tell. Uh, and um, uh, this was, of course, back in Depression days. And, and uh, he had uh, his two different scenarios are very similar. Uh, but a minister came, uh, came through uh, and just visiting. Uh, and, and the Lord said, you give, him, you give him like $10 or something. It was a small amount of money. You know, of course, back then, $10 was a lot more than $10 is today. Uh, but he kind of struggled with it because, oh, Lord, you know, I mean, this is like money for Christmas. I'm planning on buying my wife something for Christmas, you know, $10, like a new mop or something, you know. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, he, uh, what's that? Here we go, yeah. And, and you know, I was, Lord, I was setting that money aside. Well, you give that to him. And, you know, so he kind of struggled, and, 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 but he did it. He, he, okay, Lord, I'll do it, you know. And he just gave the, the, the money to the fellow. And then another fellow came through, and he, they dropped him off at the, at a, uh, the bus, dropped him off at the church. Uh, and um, he said, I'm just passing through. And the Lord said, you give him like $12.50. Again, not a whole lot of money, but again, you know, it's like, well, Lord, that's, you know, he made like $30 a month was his salary from the church. So $12.50, you know, that's a lot of money for, you know, if you're making $30 a month, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, and so uh, he, he gave it to the fella. Uh, and then later on, he found out that uh, his, uh, he knew the family and his, his mom was telling him, somebody gave my son this money and, and he was broke. He, he, he stopped where he did because that's as far as he could buy a bus ticket for. He was trying to get home. And so someone else gave him some money. Of course, he, uh, she didn't know that it was Brother Hagen that gave him the money. Uh, and, uh, and of course he didn't say, yeah, that was me. I did that because that would have been the end of the reward, right? That would, that, you know, if he had, if he had done that to get the accolades of, of men, then, um, uh, now, you know, in the right scenario, you know, he could have told her that it was him. But again, if, if that rises up in, in your mind to do that, to get some accolades of, of men to let them know how spiritual you were, then, then you're violating what Jesus is talking about here. Amen. You're doing things to be seen of men. Amen. Now, it's nothing wrong with doing things, but what's the motivation? And so, now who can judge that? Well, only you can judge that. I can't, I can't look at two people doing the exact same thing and say, well, they're doing it right and they're doing it wrong. Amen. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing it uh, for the right motivation. And, and, and I've seen, you know, I've been in church for a long time, uh, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, even when I was with my pastor, they, they, were, they did a lot of things at church, but they only did it to get in good with the pastor. They didn't do it for the Lord. They did it to get in good with the pastor. And that's the wrong motivation because, okay, yeah, you got in good with the pastor. You can't spend that. That doesn't raise anybody from the dead. Doesn't, doesn't fix your finances. But sometimes there's people, that, that's, they're fine with that. That's, that's all they want. They, they, you know, they, they're very uh, uh, short-sighted in their life. You know, short-sightedness is what's good for me right now. You need to have to take the long game and think, well, Lord, if I do this now, it's going to pay dividends tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to pay back tomorrow. It's, you're going you're, you're to remember this, uh, and I'm doing this to be a blessing to you. And, of course, it blesses the church to pick up that little piece of trash over there. Uh, but, 
um, I'm doing this as a long-term investment. And so, you know, so he helped out this fella. He gave him some money, get a bus ticket, get, get, uh, got the rest of the way home. And then like two years later, it was a long time, two years later, uh, the, uh, there was a lady came into the church in a wheelchair and the Lord said, now you, now you go over there and you speak these things to her, to her directly in front of her and command her to, to get up out of the wheelchair and she will. And so, of course, he did. He did that and she did that. And the, and the, Lord, uh, the Lord healed her supernaturally right then. And, and as soon as he got done with that, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you hadn't given that money away two years ago, I couldn't have used you today. That, you know, and, 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 and he actually forgot. He said, what, what money are you talking about, Lord? And to remind him, well, those two times, right? Uh, that one time with just the money just before Christmas and at one time with the money for the bus ticket. Uh, he said, I couldn't have used you here if you hadn't done that there. Now, see, if he had done that and then bragged to everybody about what he had just done, he still couldn't have been used because he would have had his reward right then. He wouldn't have got the reward of being used of the Lord years later to assist somebody to get out of a wheelchair. Uh, and so, you know, stories like that that help us understand the value of doing things, amen. Uh, and so, he, of course, he's talking about in the context here, he's talking about fasting. Uh, and, uh, of course, in the New Testament, uh, th there's not... Any, uh, there's not any requirement to fast. There's no commandment in the New Testament to fast. Uh, and so I thought it'd be helpful to just talk a little bit about, um, uh, uh, about fasting and you know, why we do that. And, and uh, let's turn over to, uh, to Luke chapter 18. So uh, this is gonna be a little bit more on why we don't do it, right? Uh, and so, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about fasting and really, uh, is, is fasting something we should do? Uh, well, uh, well, we'll get into that a little bit as we go on. Uh, but there's no commandment to do it, right? So, so if there's no commandment to do it, no instruction from Paul or James or John or anybody, you need to fast. Now, in the, in the uh, Jewish nation, there, was, uh, there were laws, fast so many times a week, uh, whatever, and so uh, they would follow that re religiously, obviously. But for the New Testament church, there's no requirement to fast. And so if you want to fast, that's great. And we'll talk about what fasting is, uh, but uh, there's no commandment to do it. So let's look here uh, in um, Luke 18. And this is one of my favorite parables. You know, I'm kind of shoehorning this in because mostly I just like this parable, right? And so, uh, it, but it, it fits good. It says, uh, and, and this also helps us answer the question, uh, why, why do people want to be seen when they fast, right? Or when they do anything, uh, when they pick up the trash or when they do anything, hey, I, I want you to know I did this. Um, and even if they don't say those words, if, they're, if that's their motivation, they don't have to say those words, but if, if their motivation is to be seen of men, then um, you know, wh why, what's, what's the character flaw in us that must be like that? Well, answers that question for us. And so he says here in um, Luke chapter 18, verse nine, and he said, he spake this parable unto certain which what? trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and, uh, and the other a publican. Now, a publican is a tax collector, one of our favorite people in all the world, right? Tax collectors. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny because uh, I, I, uh, well, I didn't build it. I had a garage built at my house, an external garage built at my house. And it's like the last, stro last stroke of paint was put on the thing and, and the tax assessor showed up. It's like, how'd you even know? How, how'd you know this was here? It's like, okay, and we're done. And they pulled in the driveway. It's like, what, where'd you come from? 
were you spying on us, you know? And, uh, and they were out there measuring the garage. Yeah, we got to measure for taxes, you know? It's like, well, how'd you, you know, because there's no way they would even know it was there unless you, that, that neighborhood was even there unless you were there, right? And so, uh, I don't know what in the world, right? Uh, and so I know all about uh, publicans. Republicans were not highly favored uh, back in the day. And it's been 2,000 years, not really much has changed, right? And so, uh, so here they are, they're both praying. They're in the temple praying, the Pharisee and a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. I love that line. Lord, I thank you I'm not like all these other terrible people. I'm so much better than them. <laughs> and so that other extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican, I'm so much better than this guy. Isn't it, it's terrible, right? It's the worst prayer ever, and yet he's in the temple of God, praying like this. Amen? How, how, you reckon there's anybody else ever prayed that way? Lord, I'm so much better than everybody else, Lord. I mean, I, you know, uh, there, there was, uh, again, there's another Brother Hagin story, because he got some great stories. He was in a prayer line, and this one lady, she'd been in the church for a thousand years, right? You know, and, and, but she never could get healed. Never would get, you know, go to every prayer line, never get healed. Everybody else get healed. She wouldn't. And so as, as he's praying for people, he gets close to her and he hears her pray. She said, Lord, you've got to heal me. She said, I do more in this church than everybody else. I work harder than everybody else. I make more potato salad than everybody else. Lord, you've got to heal me. I, I, I'm so wonderful. You know, you, you should never try to, to prove to the Lord how wonderful you are to earn his favor. Amen? Because the Lord's like, what'd you do Tuesday? I don't want to talk about Tuesday, Lord. Yeah, but I, I, let's talk about Tuesday. Yeah. Lord, I wasn't wonderful on Tuesday. I know. Let's talk about Tuesday. Because that's what, he, you know, if you try to earn your way, that's what, he, that's what he's going to do. That, that's, that's a fool's errand. You say, Lord, I've done, I'm terrible. But you're wonderful. And you paid, for, pray, paid the price for me. You shed blood for me. You sent your son for me. You, you died for me, Lord. And so in his name, I come to you. That, that's a way better way to, because then he's like, uh, he, he's like, well, then you're not coming in your own strength. You're coming in, uh, um, because on behalf of what I've done for you, right? That God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, amen, for what he did. Well, Lord, I, you know, you said you'd forgive me if I came in, in the name of Jesus, so I'm not coming in, uh, because I'm wonderful. I came because Jesus died for me. But that's not, the publican had never heard that message, right? Uh, or even as this publican, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Uh, and so, so what's he doing? He, he's giving his resume to the Lord about how wonderful he is. Amen? None of us have ever done this, right? Not, Lord, you owe me, right? I, I, I helped all these people. I did all these things, you know? Uh, and so, now look, there, there is an aspect of things of sowing and reaping. Is the Lord, you know, I've done what you told me to do. And, so, you know, in, in that regard, that's fine. But he, he's... Uh, He's not, if you, if you say, Lord, uh, I'm reminding you that you said, if I did this, I'd do that. You're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in the Lord that he'll do what he says he's going to do. Amen. Because didn't he say, given it shall be given unto you. Yes. So you can say, Lord, I gave. And your word says, if I do that, then, then you'll give unto me. So I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in your word. Amen. But see, he's trusting in himself. Lord, look what I've done. You owe me now. Right. You owe me because I fast twice a week. Wow. That is that is so impressive, right? And the publican, in verse 13, standing afar off, would not uh, lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So he's trusting in the mercy of the Lord. The Pharisee's trusting in, in his own good works. 
Uh, and, and so uh, uh, I tell you, this man, this, this publican went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, and so, so what's, what's the issue with the Pharisee? What did he say in verse 9? Uh, this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. See, see when, you, when you do things for the motivation of being seen, you're trusting in yourself. It, 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 uh, unless I get it, unless I get this accolade, unless I get this pat on the back, uh, then I'm not going to advance in this life. Uh, instead of saying, if nobody sees it, Lord, I'm going to still do it. I'm going to trust in you that, that you see it. Uh, and see, that's really, that's really the, the, uh, uh, the motivation of doing anything is, Lord, uh, if nobody sees it, uh, I'm doing this because I know that, that uh, you may not pay up on Saturday, but you always pay up. Uh, that if I, it's sowing and reaping. If I sow this, this part of my life, because really what you're doing by helping somebody is you're sowing your life into their life. Amen. Whether it's finances or just time, right? Sometimes just helping somebody to be there, amen, is a great value. Uh, and so, uh, so, so the, the reason why we oftentimes want to be seen of men is because we trust in ourselves. And really what, what you're saying is you don't trust God. You don't trust that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. You don't trust that, that sowing and reaping really works. You don't trust that he's got your back. And, but if you can ever get to that point in your life where you really just trust, trust God, you know, it, life is so much easier because you just do what you know to do, and, and we, that'll never pay off. Well, uh, I mean, it always pays off. Yes. Amen. You know, helping them, it's, it's a waste of time to help them. Really? I mean, doesn't seem like to me that it's a waste of time to help them. Uh, and so, uh, you know, nobody's ever going to see you doing that. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, as this little gnat's flying around here, uh, about, uh, you know, in a church, when, when I was with my pastor for all those years, you know, I wasn't perfect by any means, but uh, I, I was there to help him. Uh, whatever he needed me to do, I was there to help him. Uh, and, you know, I look uh, fast forward to today, you know, we're here in this church, and I'm so thankful that I spent those years being a, a blessing to him and sowing and reaping, sowing in, into his life and ministry, because I think about all the revelations that the Lord has given to me, even the time that I've been a pastor, right, from the time of 2008 till now, all the things the Lord has taught me and has invested in my life and, my, and the life of my wife uh, over these years. And I know that he would not have, that those things would not have happened if we had not sowed uh, into my pastor, right? Because Jesus said, uh, if you're faithful over another man's, he'll make you a ruler over your own. Amen. Did he say that? Jesus said that. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, and, I, and, I, and I've talked to the Lord about it, you know, and not that I care, but, uh, you know, I said, Lord, what, what about all those folks that are not faithful in, in, their, in their church with their pastor, but then want to go and start a church on their own? How does that work? Uh, and, of course, uh, part of it is, well, that's none of your business. Well, okay, Lord, you know, that's fair, right? <laughs> but, uh, but also, you know, the, the Lord said, I, I will bless everybody as much as I can in every way that I can. Uh, and so, so really I leave all that alone. But I know a lot of people that are unfaithful with their pastor and then one go to start another church because, well, I should be, I should be, a, I should be a pastor. That's great. I mean, I got no problem with that, right? But you should be faithful where you are first. Yeah. Uh, and really, you should always be faithful wherever you are. Whatever your hand is being laid to, that's what you should be faithful over in that moment. It doesn't matter what you know the Lord is going to call you to in the future. You should always be faithful where you are. Because if you're not faithful where you are, why are you there anyway? 
Why, why are you doing anything in that church? Why are you doing anything for that pastor? Or you don't just trust in yourself. So I'm just biding my time. I'm just biding my time, right? Uh, you know, someday I'll get my own. Well, uh, you know, it doesn't really work that way. Amen. See, that's just trusting in yourself. Trusting in the Lord. So, Lord, I'm here right now. I'm going to be the best uh, blessing I can be uh, right now. You know, in fact, uh, years ago, when I was running the sound, I, I talked to, it was the assistant pastor at the time, uh, and I said, you know, I'm not going to be running sound forever. Someday I'll be in the ministry. Uh, and that, that, was, that was a long time ago. It was a long time before I was a pastor when I said that. When we got married, Chris knew I'd be in the ministry someday. We talked about it. Someday I'll be in the ministry. What's it going to look like? I don't know. But someday I'll be in the ministry. And so she knew going in, it wasn't like a surprise. What? what? You know, it, 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 was, uh, it was a good thing, right? Uh, and so, but we didn't know what it looked like. Uh, and so, but that fellow, that associate pastor looked at me, he said, I don't see it. You'll never do anything but run the sound. And I thought, this, is, this man will not help me get to where I need to be. Now, when I was running sound, I was faithful, right? I studied, I, I, I read books about how to run sound. I was all the technical knowledge about wires and cables and connections and all those things. Did all that stuff and, and learned how to run the soundboard as best I possibly could. I was faithful to do that, amen, uh, uh, during those years. Even though I knew I wasn't going to do it forever. But see, a lot of people's like, well, I'm not, I, I should be running sound. I should do something else. And they do the, they'll run the sound halfway. Why? Because they trust in themselves that they're going to get to where they need to be by their own work. Right? They're figuring out how to get there instead of being faithful and let the Lord do it. Uh, and so... No, we, should, we shouldn't trust in ourselves, amen? Don't trust in each I mean, you could, but uh, it's like, you know, people say that uh, when, when you go to a court, to the courtroom, uh, and they say, you know, uh, who is representing you? Uh, have you got a, an attorney or are you representing yourself? So I'm representing myself. Well, you know what they say. They say that only a fool ha has, uh, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the phrase? Uh, you just said it, right? What's, only a fool hires himself as an attorney, right? Uh, and so there you go, right? Uh, and so only a fool will trust in himself to, to uh, get the blessings of heaven. Amen. Uh, and so don't trust in yourself. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said three different times in the same, in the same uh, context there, stop trusting in yourself. Stop uh, believing that you're the only way that you're going to uh, be promoted in this life, that you're going to get exalted in this life. Because Jesus said you can be exalted but you've got to humble yourself and stay in the position that you're in right now. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, what's, so what's the purpose of fasting? Let's turn it back uh, to Isaiah. You know, it's funny because this is Old Testament, right? We're reading, uh, we're going to read some verses out of the Old Testament. This is available to the Jews, but uh, they missed. It, it's almost like they acted like the prophets never said anything and only the law said anything. Because the prophets were always pointing to a day that was going to change, that major things were going to change. Uh, and instead of looking for that day, which was accomplished with the Lord Jesus, they ignored that uh, and went back to the law. Because the law is easy, right? You can trust in yourself with the law. So we're going to be looking at a couple things here in Isaiah 58. But let's start here in verse 4. Uh, it says, uh, Behold, you fast, or strife, uh, and you, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of the wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So, so uh, the prophet is telling uh, the nation of Israel that you should not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So that's why people think they fast, is to make their voice to be heard by the Lord. Lord, I'm fasting, you're going to hear me. 
uh, and that's not why we fast, right? Because a lot of times people think, so, so just in general, uh, uh, what is fasting? Well, fasting is just, uh, it just means to, to, generally speaking, it means to not eat, uh, usually like a meal, and you sp- in, in theory, you're supposed to take that time that when you are eating to spend that time in prayer, right? So that's the general idea of fasting is I'm going to fast or I'm not going to do something that I normally would for the purpose of spending that time in prayer. Uh, and that's really, ideally, if you ever do fast, like a meal or whatever, uh, uh, sometimes, and we'll talk about some other fasts here in a minute, but, you know, generally speaking, the, the general premise of fasting is I'm going to not eat a meal. I'm going to spend that time in prayer uh, with the Lord. But see, uh, even when people do that, they think if I fast, then the Lord's going to hear me because I'm fasting. But that, he says in Isaiah 58, verse 4, uh, that you're doing it. You're not supposed to do that to make your voice to be heard on high. You're not supposed to say, Lord, I'm fasting. You need to hear me. See, because, again, that's trusting in yourself. I'm going to do something to make the Lord, to earn the, the ear of the Lord, to earn the Lord's favor. And you've got to get out of that rat race. There's such a rat race in the church is to do things to earn God's favor. You've already been, you've already been reconciled, which means to be restored fully to favor. And he did that when you were enemies, right? We, we talked about that uh, earlier, Romans chapter 5. While we were enemies, we were reconciled, restored fully to favor. So you've already got the favor of the Lord. There's no need to earn it. Just do it because you, you want to spend some time with the Lord. That's fine. And if you're too busy to, to find time during the day, then, then skip a meal and spend that time with the Lord. Amen. But sometimes people just fast and, and they're not spending that time in, 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 um, uh, in prayer. So really the, the whole point of fasting is to have the time set aside in order to pray. So you don't have to fast. You can pray at 2 o'clock. Right? You can pray it at 9 p.m. Uh, maybe, I mean, unless you're eating dinner at 9 p.m., I don't know. If you go to Europe, you, you start dinner around 9 p.m. It seems like they love late dinners, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but, but the Lord's saying here, uh, you don't fast to be hurt. You don't fast to, to change me. You don't fast to change the Lord, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, f- uh, fasting in general, uh, if you're going to skip a meal, if, if that's why you do it, you know, you're really doing that to, to learn how to control your flesh. Well, I need time to pray. Well, no, you've got to feed me. Shut up. I'm going to go pray. So, so you do it a lot of times to, to start getting your, your flesh, your, your physical body in line, right? To, to quit, to having it uh, stop ruling your life, running your life. Because some people, you know, if it's time to eat, the world stops spinning, right? I've got to eat. I'm, you know, kids ever come in when they're young, you know, I'm starving. You're really not starving. I mean, how, how many minutes has it been since you ate last? I mean, it's been like eight minutes since I ate last. You know, I'm starving. You're really not starving. I mean, you could probably go like all the rest of the afternoon without actually eating, right? Uh, so, so part of fasting is valuable because it's, it's helpful for you to, to not have anything in charge of your life other than your spirit man. If your flesh is controlling you or you have to eat or you have to sleep, or you have to do this, or you have to do that, then you might want to check up on uh, whether you need to fast or not uh, in those areas of your life to get that back in control. Uh, Set aside uh, uh, dedicated time to pray. This one we'll we'll talk about as we get there, uh, to remove doubt and unbelief from your life. Uh, And and that's a a great use of prayer. In fact, uh, when we get there, uh, I've been meditating on on these scriptures 
And one day I, I, I was about to get up and the Lord spoke to me. And sometimes he'll do that, just say something. And, and, he's, and we'll find out more as we go along. He said, uh, he said these words that all sin is rooted in unbelief. All sin is rooted in unbelief. Uh, and, and so we're going to find out how fasting can help us fix that problem. Amen. Uh, and so we're here. Uh, we're here in, uh, in Isaiah 58. Let's come on down to verse 6 here. He says, is, this, is not this the fast that I have chosen? So the Lord's speaking through the prophet that, that their fast was skip a meal, right? Don't eat a meal. And uh, remember what Jesus said, you're fasting, you put on sackcloth and ashes, right? You, you put on a frown, oh, it's so hard, I'm, I'm starving, right? Well, how many meals have you, I've skipped, well, I didn't, I didn't skip a meal, I skipped mid, mid-afternoon snack, right? Normally I have a snack at two o'clock, I skipped it. You know, now, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I just, it was so hard to do that. And I want you to know how hard it was to do that. And, and we're all supposed to go, oh, you're so spiritual. See, that's what Jesus was telling us to avoid, right? Uh, to... to Act like the appearance of you fasting. Oh, it's so hard fasting. You know, I've skipped, I've skipped like, you know, like breakfast. Like not all of breakfast, but like part of breakfast, right? Uh, and so um, I just ate three pancakes instead of four pancakes. And so, uh, uh, but I mean, that could be a fast if the Lord tells you to, to back off, right? But see, he said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? So the Lord's got a fast that he's chosen. Uh, the, the nation of Israel was thinking, well, I, I'm going to skip a meal. And, and he doesn't say anything about skipping a meal here. He said, this is what I want you to do, to loose the bands of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Is, this, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house when thou seest the naked that thou cover him and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? So in other words, uh, fasting, what the Lord says, is being of service to mankind. So, so really, you know, we're, we're so uh, naturally speaking, left to our own devices, we will all be very selfish people, right? Humanity is selfish, left to its own nature and devices, it will always be selfish, amen? That's why you, 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 never, you never put anything together with the thoughts of, oh yeah, they'll all, they'll all do good, right? They'll all do good. You know, when the, when the pilgrims first came to America, they thought, you know, we love socialism. So what we're going to do is we're going to set it up so that you know, everybody just work and, uh, uh, you know, just work as you can. And then we'll all uh, get the bounty of, of the crops, right? So everybody just work together, just, just whenever you can, you know, just, uh, well, so what happened? They nearly starved because people are super lazy and selfish, right? Well, I'm not going to work because if I, they're going to do it, so I'm not going to do anything. Uh, and that was the, one of the first experiments in, in socialism was the pilgrims, right? And, and so because men are selfish, uh, by nature, amen, and lazy by nature. So, so, so then they change it where, well, you don't work, you don't eat, which is exactly what the Bible says, right? You don't work, you don't eat. Well, you know, you can't put that on me. Well, then don't eat. I mean, you get really motivated to, to work if you don't eat, amen? And, that, and that's really the problem with our government today is they, they, they started out on the foundation of the Word of God. They didn't start out in man's ideas. They started on the foundation of the Word of God. You don't work, you don't eat. But now it's like, you don't work, we'll send you a check, right? I mean, like two checks, like five checks, like a hundred checks, right? And some food stamps. And, and we'll have the little lady come in a little car every month and bring food to you. Uh, and so, uh, and look, there's nothing wrong with mercy. Amen, because he talks about that, mercy. But, you know, uh, uh, these are the, the people that, that uh, uh, 
they can't help themselves, amen, so they need help, and that's fine. It's perfectly fine to help people, amen. But when you get away from the premise of the Word of God, you know, things start getting to be a mess. Uh, and so, and if you look at the whole, even the, the uh, we're not going to get into our civics class, but if you get look at how this, the Constitution was designed, the Constitution was designed with, the, with this idea that men are evil. And so we're not going to consolidate power into any one man. We're going to make sure the president's there, but he's got a check and a balance from Congress. And Congress is there, and they've got a check and a balance from the Supreme Court. Amen? And, and so there's all these checks and balances, uh, and, and, if, uh, and if any of them don't do right, they can be impeached and thrown out of office. And so all of the design of the original Constitution was with the idea that men are terrible, and we can't trust them to do anything. And we have, we have worked really hard over these 200 years to do away with that as best we could, and they've succeeded in many areas. Uh, just walk through Washington, D.C., it's like, well, where'd that come from, you know? What's that got to do with the Constitution? Uh, and, so, uh, so, uh, and so the Lord understands that, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so you, you've got to, you've got to um, decide that helping other people is of great value. And that's what he's talking about, fasting. And so, so instead of doing what you want to do, you're going to help somebody else. Well, that's the fast, right? Because that's the whole, and when you fast a meal, instead of doing what you want to do and eating, you're going to go spend time with the Lord. Well, the Lord said also, instead of you doing what you want to do all, all of your life, go and try to help somebody else to be a blessing to them. And, and so that's what he's talking about, a fast. And so really, he, he's talking about what I, what I prefer is for you to leave uh, what one minister called a fasted life. So if you're only ever doing everything that you only want to do, then you, then you don't live a fasted life. Amen? Uh, if, if, well, I only do what I want to do. Well, then you're a very selfish person. Amen? Uh, I'm not mad at you, you know, but uh, if, if all you ever do is what's on your list of things to do, and if somebody says, hey, you know, you, you, you got a minute? No. Okay. I mean, have you ever, ever done that? Ask somebody, hey, I, can, I, can I get some help? No. Oh, well, okay then. You know, I guess uh, that was really odd that you would say that, but uh, I guess I'll go find somebody else, right? Uh, I remember one time uh, uh, I was out of town and Chris was at home and something happened, uh, like a water leak or something at the house, you know, uh, and, um, and I called like three or four or five people at church. Hey, can you go over there and, and help Chris? You know, something's going on. No, I'm busy. Uh, and, and then I went, I went up the food chain, right? And, and, uh, and people that I, we'd helped all these people, right? Done stuff for them. And the last one said, no, nah, I'm really busy. I said, well, I'm just going to find me another church then because, you know, we've helped all of you all. And, you know, and I was a little annoyed about it and I think it was fair to be a little, I wasn't in town. I couldn't help her. There's nothing I could do about it. And, and we had, a, you know, 150 people at church. Surely somebody could have gone over to help her. Uh, and finally, I just shamed one of my friends into going over to help him. I mean, we were friends, but he was busy. He's like, well, I'm busy. You know, I got, you know, whatever. I got to, you know, pull my socks or something, you know, and, uh, and, and well, you need to help her. And so, you know, uh, and, and maybe I was, uh, I don't know if I was out of line or not. I didn't feel like I was out of line. But, um, you know, when, when somebody needs help, you help them. Amen. Now, look, if there's something, I understand. Life happens and you may not be able to. That's fine. But just, you know, no, I'm busy or whatever. Uh, and she's at home by herself with the small kids, you, you go help, amen? Someone calls me up and says, hey, you know, uh, okay, I'll come help. I, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, and so, look, I know some people can, can be obnoxious and they just, hey, you know, can you come turn my light switch off for me, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, Jared's upstairs with, hey, Jared, come here. Come downstairs, come here, come here. He, hand me that remote. 
You know, I mean, so that's, you know, that, that's obnoxious, right? We, we do that just to make fun of Jared, because you know, that's why you have kids. So you used to have kids so you can turn the channel on TV, right? Now you have kids so they can give you the remote, right? So you don't have to actually ever get up. Uh, and so, but some people like that, right? They'll just, they're just obnoxious and just will try to use you and abuse you. But you're not required to do that. But if someone has a genuine need, you know, you should help, amen? And that's the leading of the path of life. So Jesus, it's with the, the prophet here saying, this is the path that I've chosen, that you help those in need. Amen. Instead of trying to earn something from me, uh, you're earning something from him by doing these things. You don't realize it, realize it necessarily. But so uh, it's good to fa- it's good to do these things because uh, you need to always check in your own heart. Lord, am I, am I a selfish person? Am I being selfish? And, and just I only want to take care of my things. I only want to take care of the things that I want to take care of. See, if your whole life revolves around only you, you need to check up on that. Amen. Because that's not, that's not any kind of a life. It's just it's such a shallow life. If, you're, if it's only about you, if everything's about you, that's such a sad life to be with, right? But some people are that way. They're just, they're just selfish people. I mean, I know people just, just uh, I, know, I saw one adult, you know, they, they were somewhere, and, and uh, this kid, like the three-year-old, you know, so this adult was like eating potato chips, and his three-year-old says, hey, can I have one, you know? And they said, no, to a three-year-old. You know, it's like, what, what, wow, you know, I mean, it's just... You know, just, and, and you, you know people like I know people, you know, they just, uh, you just don't ever ask them for things or for any help because either, uh, either they'll say no or they'll start tracking it. Well, you owe me, right? I told you about the fellow that I borrowed his truck one time and, uh, and uh, can I borrow it on Saturday? Yeah, and he shows up with two kids. Hey, can you babysit the two kids? And, and like, well, I was planning on working all day, and, you know, and and going to the store, and I'm not going to drive these kids to the store. You know, you don't have any car, car seats for them. I mean, I don't, you know, and two kids. I'm not going to wrangle two kids in a, in a you know, Chris was gone somewhere. I was by myself there. Uh, and, and, and I thought, well, maybe they're just going to be gone for an hour. They were gone literally all day to like 5 o'clock. Uh, and they came back, and, and, and um, how was your day? I said, I had a great day. Now, they didn't ask me if I did anything because I literally did nothing. Uh, his truck never left the driveway. And I just made a note, okay, this person is not somebody I can get to help me because he, he wants payment up front, right? Before I even borrow it, you know, I, I don't owe him. I'm paying him before I even borrow his truck. And so, yeah, the truck sat in the driveway, and I paid him for the use of the truck by babysitting his kids for free. Now, he didn't, he didn't say, well, if, 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 because if he had said, hey, okay, if you borrow my truck, can you watch my kids? I'd be like, no. Because when I do something for somebody, I, they don't owe me. You don't owe me if I do something for you because I'm laying up myself treasures in heaven. If, 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 if you owe me, then, then I have my reward. And you can't pay me nearly as well as the Lord can pay me. There's no way that you'll ever invest back in my life what the Lord invests in my life, ever. And so I, I don't, some people always like, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell this to you. Right? I'm gonna, and look, you, you do whatever you want to do. I would much rather give away something if, if I can, right? Sometimes the Lord says, sell it. You know, he has told me to sell things, right? But if I can give it away, I'd much rather give it away. Because uh, then, see, see, then there's no payment on yours. See, if you pay me, then that's it. But if I give it to you, then, then it's on my account in heaven. And then I can, I can withdraw from that account as I have need of it. So I, like, I love giving stuff away. In fact, you know, June 3rd, we're giving that whole build, everything, not a building, but everything in a building away, Right. Why are you doing that? Because we're going to sow into these people's lives. There's, there's things that people can never afford. Amen. They never pay money for that stuff, right? And, it, and even if it's stuff you're just giving away, uh, it's still a blessing. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're about out of time here, but um, 
Uh, there, there's a few more things that I think is helpful to talk, uh, talk about in the area of fasting that, that uh, because we've got to get, we understand what Jesus said about uh, what the Lord told me about that the root cause of all sin is, is uh, uh, how did I say it? Uh, is, no, uh, is, is unbelief. That's what he said. That the root of all sin is unbelief. Amen. It's also initiated by, by selfishness. Uh, but uh, and we don't have time to go into right now, uh, but we'll look at it here. Uh, well, I can't say next. We'll look at it when we look at it, right? Uh, just real quick, let's turn over to one, one more scripture here in First um, Corinthians chapter 9. And we actually talked about this verse, I think, on um, uh, Wednesday evening. But it's a good verse when it, come, when it comes to talking about fasting. Um, so, you know, fasting is, is helpful for you to always check your own life if your, your, if your entire life only revolves around what you want to do, then you might want to check up on whether it'd be helpful to do some fasting. Amen. Uh, and maybe to help some people uh, without thinking that they owe you. Amen. Because see, if you help somebody and they owe you, then, then you have your reward. Whatever they owe you, right? So that fellow's reward for letting me borrow his truck was me babysitting his kids. It wasn't that he laid up for himself treasures in heaven. It was I babysat his kids, so we're even. Actually, he still owes me because I never really used his truck, right? I mean, it sat in my driveway, but, uh, and so, uh, but here in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, Paul is saying, but I keep under my body and bring it in subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. So uh, he keeps under his body. So in other words, how does he do that? Uh, if his body is always wanting to tell him what to do, he rejects that and says, no, this is what we're going to do. So he's fasting that, right? Whatever that thing that his body wanted to do. And he didn't say there's sin necessarily. Uh, it could have been just eating all the time, right? Uh, you know, you want, you want to, nothing wrong with eating one cookie, but if you have to eat all the cookies, you know, you might want to fast that, right? You might want to just tell your body, no, you can't eat all the cookies, amen? So he keeps under his body, under, uh, he, he says, bring it into subjection. Into subjection to what? Into his spirit, man, right? You are a spirit. Your spirit, if you're born again, is alive unto God, it hears from heaven, and it knows what heaven wants to do. It reads the word of God, uh, and it sows those seeds of what heaven wants to do in, in your heart, uh, and you know, at, at any given time, the spirit of God is there to lead you and guide you in all truth, show you things to come, and he'll let you know. And th- in that moment, you shouldn't do that. Well, then that, you'd be fasting that thing in that moment, amen? You keep your body under. Uh, and, and so people all the time, well, you know, if I want to do it, I should just be doing it. I should be free to do it. Well, see, that, that shows the, the lack of understanding of when you say, if you feel like doing it, you should do it. Because, see, you are a spirit being. You're not your flesh. Right? All the appetites of your flesh, that's not who you are. Right? You have a spirit. And uh, if, if the world, and it's, but especially the church, could understand that as a spirit being, your spirit, always, you, you are a spirit. Right? You have a body. You have a soul, you live in a body, right? That, that's the, a good s- summary understanding of, of what makes up humanity. You are a spirit. You are made in the image and likeness of God. And when you're born again, you're remade in the image and likeness of God. And so that's who you are, right? Uh, and, and so that, that spirit being of who you are longs to do what the Lord wants you to do more than anything else. It always wants to do what the Lord wants to do because it was made from God. That's your spirit being. That's who you are. Now, you have a flesh, and it has its own voice. It wants to be fed, you know, uh, Krispy Kreme donuts 
all the time. Amen. It wants to never take a bath. It never wants to change socks. It, it, it just, you know, goes as long as it can without brushing its teeth, you know, maybe every six weeks if it's necessary. I mean, that's what it wants to do. It, it has a desire. And, and people say, well, if that's what I want to do, that's what I should do. But that's what your flesh wants to do. See, see oftentimes people are not making that distinction. They say, well, you know, we should be free to do what we want to do. I'm perfectly free to do what I want to do. I do whatever my spirit wants to do. And I'm perfectly free to do that. And you'll never get in trouble by doing what your spirit wants you to do. But your flesh is a whole different story. And so Paul said, I keep under my body or on my flesh. I keep it under, under subjection to my spirit. See, my spirit, man, is always good. It's always right. It always wants to do uh, the best thing that it should do. And it's not being constrained. You should never constrain your spirit. You should only constrain your flesh. Well, that, but that's my desire. That, yeah, that's your desires, but those desires are motivated and comes from the sin nature which was created by the devil. Your spirit man doesn't want to do those things. And that's why people, humanity has conflicts, right? That's why they're under pressure all the time. Because on the one hand, their spirit, who they are, actually are, says don't do that. But the flesh says, yeah, but I want to do it. And your flesh is so loud and obnoxious and disrespectful, it oftentimes will override its own spirit. Well, I'm doing it anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, you did it, but it's not you did it. Paul said it's sin in you that did it. It's the sin nature in you that wants to do those things. But your spirit man only wants to do happy things, only wants to do things that are pleasing to God. And so if you'll learn to always yield to your spirit man, which is who you are, then you'll be fine. Amen. And this whole conflict about, you know, you're trying to constrain us. You're trying to keep us under. You're trying to, you know, not let us be free. No, we're trying to free your spirit. If your spirit's free, you're good. Your flesh does, should never be free. And in fact, where it says, I put in subjection, that word subjection means to lead away into slavery. You should keep your flesh as if it's a slave. No rights, no privileges, no ability to say anything and have a voice. That's the ideal. Amen. For your flesh. Now, not for somebody else's flesh. Your job is not to run around and say, hey, you quit doing that. You quit doing that. That's, that's their job. Amen. It's not my job. It's their job. And so uh, learning how to fast. We, we, see, when, you're, when your flesh says, you know, feed me now. No, shut up. I'm not doing that. I may not even eat. You may never get to eat again, right? I mean, you know, you should probably shouldn't say that because you, can't, you can't, can't pull that one off. But, you know, you should... You should treat your, your flesh like a slave. You have no voice. You have no right to, or no vote in this matter. Amen? Uh, and, and so uh, fasting is a good way to, to learn how to do this. Amen? And again, it doesn't have to, have to be fasting a meal. It could be, well, I'm gonna, if someone needs help, instead of doing what I would rather do, I'm going to go help them. That's a fast, right? That's what, G, that's what the Lord said through the prophet, right? Sometimes when... when uh, you know, I'm going to eat all those cookies. No, you're not. I'm going to eat celery instead, right? Yeah, that'll really show it. Um, uh, or even worse, like broccoli or something like that, right? Uh, and so, uh, so sometimes, you know, it, it's good to tell your, uh, tell your flesh no. It's actually uh, often good to tell your flesh no. Uh, and what, what you'll find is if you'll do that, the more you do that, the easier it is to do it. The first time you do it, it's like nearly impossible, uh, you may have to duct tape yourself to the couch instead of going to the refrigerator, right? I mean, whatever it takes sometimes to do that, to, tr to teach yourself that, no, my spirit man has a voice, and that's the voice I'm going to listen to. My flesh also has a voice. That's not the voice I'm going to listen to. 
And that's the struggle of all humanity. That's always been the struggle of humanity. It will be the struggle until we get a glorified body. Uh, and so, uh, but if you'll train yourself to do that and get out of this whole lies about, well, if I want to do it, it should be fine to do it. You need to say, when you say I, what do you mean by I? You know, we're, we're in 1 Corinthians 9. Uh, we don't have time to go, but go read uh, Romans chapter 7, and you'll see that Paul makes a distinction between I and my flesh, about who he is as a spirit being and what his flesh wants to do as a sin nature. Uh, and they'll give you some insight. Amen. And so, you know, sometimes it's helpful to, to fast certain things, right? I want to watch TV all the time. I want to play video games 24 hours a day. I want to read the Internet and, and doom scroll to forever, right? Just scroll and scroll and scroll and, you know, read about all the things that uh, people are doing in the whole world, right, on, on Facebook or wherever. Now, I want to do that till forever. Well, that's fine. Maybe you need to fast that, right? If, if you can't help it, I mean, like, especially uh, teenagers, you know, they get sucked into these social media things and, and they get buried in those things. Um, and I didn't even appreciate that much. Uh, uh, when we got uh, uh, our kids a, a cell phone, eventually uh, they were teenagers, right? And, uh, and this was, they don't do this anymore, but, you know, you remember you used to get paper bills, right, in the mail? Actually, you know, like printed things out. And they'd send you a printed bill with the list of all the text messages that they sent. And it would say, you know, so many text messages on this line, so many text messages on this line. And I'd have like, you know, like eight on my, on my line, you know, for the whole month. And like the kids were like 7,000. I mean, like thousands of, thousands of, in one month, thousands of, like, I don't even like anybody that much to text them that much, right? I mean, that's, that's 7,000 in one month, right? And there's probably nothing nowadays, right? It's probably 7,000 in, in an afternoon, right, uh, nowadays, but... But it still, it would just boggle my mind. I thought, wow. And so we had, to, we, and we had a huge phone bill that month because back then, if you remember, you had to pay if you sent a text message to somebody outside the network. So we told the kids, you can't date anybody that's not on our network, right? Because, you know, it's too expensive to date somebody off our network. And so, no, you can't do that. Uh, but uh, so, you know, when, when you see those things, uh, and I think... Uh, you know, every generation has, as we said, we could rag on the current generation. Oh, they're, they're stuck in their phones or whatever. But what was our generation stuck on and the generation before that stuck on? You know, we were all stuck on something, right? I mean, listen to radio all the time or listen to watching TV all the time or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you got to check up on your own self. Uh, does, is there anything in your life that controls you, that demands you do this thing that's not godly, right, not spiritual? It doesn't have to be sin. But if it controls you, you might want to fast that and say, no, nothing is going to be controlling my life. You know, just real quick, years ago, somebody was talking about, they said, you know, I don't even use, use an alarm clock because if I have to depend on an alarm clock, then, then, you know, then that seems like sin to me. You know, that seems kind of extreme, but I thought, you know, it's pretty good. I can, I, can, I can live without an alarm clock. And so now if I needed to get up a certain time, I'd just say, I'm going to get up at whatever time, two o'clock in the morning to go on a trip or whatever. And I just wake up at, at 157. Uh, and so... Uh, I probably have used an alarm clock maybe two or three times in the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, but for the most part, I, if I need to get up, I just tell myself what time I'm going to get up, and I just get up and wake up at that time. Uh, and, and so, you know, you can get to a point where you don't need things in this life, where you don't have to have them, right? Uh, and so um, that, that's a better way to live than, than the natural world demanding that you pay attention to it. Amen? Uh, and and so, so we'll talk a little bit more about fasting because... Uh, Jesus did talk about fasting there, uh, and even though there's not um, 
uh, commandment for the church to do it. Uh, there, there is a general uh, idea of fasting, and we'll, we'll talk about how he covers that in the area of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but um, uh, it, it's good to, to uh, uh, Jesus had some good points in there about um, don't be doing things to be seen of men. And that was the concern that he had. And so if he, again, he repeated that how many different times in that chapter? Three different times, right? Don't be doing things to be seen of men. So it must be a problem where people are trusting in themselves that if you're going to get ahead, it's going to be about you. Uh, and and uh, if you, when you get to where you trust the Lord, then you just do whatever he needs to get done. Amen. Never afraid. Well, they're not going to see me. I'm never going to get promoted. They'll see you. Amen. Uh, and I had a lot of people work for me over the years. and A lot of them are very fearful. Uh, they want to, I need to write down everything I've ever done so people know. It's like, look, everybody in the company knows who the good engineers are and who the bad engineers are. You don't have to uh, brag about it or make a list about it. Everybody knows, uh, and you'll be fine. Well, I don't, I don't trust that. Well, then you trust in yourself, right? Uh, and so I always, I, I'm never concerned about it. I always knew I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and, and, uh, and the Lord will take care of the rest. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for, for uh, the word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that, that you will help us and show us if there's areas in our lives, Father, where we've done things because we only trust in ourselves to get ahead and, and to be seen of men. And, Lord, as you show us those areas, we will fast those areas in our life. We will set those aside and do things, Father, with the motivation to be seen of you so that you, Father, and only you uh, know the things that we do. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we can get there. The, you know, the, this is not the most super exciting, you know, swinging from the chandeliers kind of message. But it's really some good fundamentals about, uh, if you're wondering, you know, why, why, why is the Lord not speak to you more? Or why do you not have more success in your life? Or why is the Lord not helping you in certain areas that you really need desperate help from the Lord? And uh, a good place to go is go home and get a bigger mirror and check up on yourself. See, you know, are you doing things that, that are violating the principles of the Word of God that hinders the Lord's ability to help you? And then straighten up. I mean, all you can do is straighten up, right? I mean, it's either that or, or crawl up in a fetal position and cry, but that's not going to help anybody. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive this uh, morning's tithes and offerings. So again, appreciate everybody's uh, help yesterday that was able to come out. We had a great time, and it was hard work. I mean, we worked hard all those hours there. Uh, and so, but it was fun. It was, it's always fun to, to see everybody. And, um, uh, and it is nice to see that people are recognizing that, you know, always oh, the church that gives stuff away, right? Uh, and so uh, we want to be a giving church. Amen. Always want to be a giving church, never a receiving church. And, and that, especially when we get outside the doors, all right? Inside the doors, we can receive. That's fine. But when we get outside the doors, we want to be a giving church. And so come in, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. Somebody one time told me, well, you know, you all need to, to have a bake sale during that, right? And sell brownies and cupcakes and things. And, and um, you know, just my heart. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Plenty of churches do that, amen? But my heart is, uh, that, that's me taking money from the world out there in order to, to fund what the Lord wants to do in here. And I think the Lord's best is for him to promote, to promote all of us and to bless all of us inside the church to do, fund that. And there'll be a blessing to those outside the church. Amen. That, I mean, from the word of God, the principles of the word of God, I think that's what the Lord would, would have us do. Amen. Again, I'm not anybody's judge. If somebody wants, if a church wants to sell a brownie or a cupcake, praise God, I'll probably go buy one. I like brownies and cupcakes, right? 
In fact, there's some brownies today, right? Chris made some brownies, so you don't have to pay for them. They're free. Uh, and so uh, well, we're going to get ready to eat right now, right? Uh, and so happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, and um, and we can, we can bless the food now. And, uh, June 3rd, 8.30 a.m. Yep, so that's only a couple weeks from now, right? Yeah, and so the Friday night before 5 p.m., we'll be here and we'll open it up for the church. So if you want to come and just rummage through the stuff, see if there's something that you can use, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, and um, I'm sure there's something that somebody could use in there. Um, so we'll open up the church at uh, 5 p.m. On the, on the day before. And um, the only rule is if you take one thing, you're going to take six, right? So, I mean, that's kind of the rule there. Uh, but um, we'll open it up the night before for the church on uh, June the 3rd at 5 p.m. Uh, and um, coming and, and just uh, if there's something that you can t- take advantage of, that'd be great. And then we'll open it up for the public at 8.30. And you ought to come. I mean, uh, you want to see, uh, I mean, it's like, it's like Black Friday at Walmart. Yeah. You know, people's like, where, you don't, do you even live here? Right? People you don't even see before, you know, and they'll, they'll be lined up out the door uh, waiting to get in. Uh, and it'll all be gone. Like by 9.30, like, like 90% will be gone. And, you know, uh, by like 10 or 11, we'll have a few stragglers come in there, and then we'll take the rest of it to, uh, to Goodwill, whatever, if there's anything left at all. Uh, and, and so if you've got something that you don't need anymore at the house that might be a blessing to somebody else, bring it. And, and uh, you know, if you want to sell it, fine. But you can't sell it here, but if you want to sell it at your own yard sale, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, but if you have other things you want to bring, give. Now, we don't need, you know, we don't want just junk or anything like that, right? Well, it's broken. I'm going to throw it away. So, I mean, that's not, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, right? But st- things will be a blessing to other people uh, that uh, you don't need anymore. Just want to donate. That's fine. Amen. Uh, and so, so that'll be June the 3rd at 8.30 a.m. Amen. Uh, and so, all right, we want to pray and bless the food, and then we'll eat. Well, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us each and every day. We thank you, Father, for the bounty of this food. And according to your word, Father, we declare it blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's eat.